Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Conscious Parenting. Goodbye, bullshit. Hello, happiness. Conscious Parenting Edition. Today we have Elle and Hillary with us. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and so today, continuing on the discussions from the previous um, shows that we had, we were thinking about talking about um, discipline, how each one of us uh, disciplines our kids, what words we use, what are the things that we discipline for, and um, also when you're in a bigger environment, it's easy sometimes to discipline your kids at your own house, and then it sometimes becomes difficult when you do it in public or when you do it with family members. So we're just gonna talk about different discipline techniques that we've had um, in our lives. Who wants to go first? I can go first. I'll, I'll start. <laughs> um, I know for me, it's been different actually for Ilya growing up. Um, I, when he was younger, to be honest, nothing would work for this kid. Nothing, absolutely nothing. He was one of those kids that, I don't know if I told you, um, I told him to clean up, like his toys were just like all over the place. And he was, pro he wasn't even, maybe first grade, uh, kindergarten, maybe not even. And he refused. And I gave him a warning. I said, okay, we really need to clean this up. You played with it. I can help you as well. We'll sing our song. You know, everybody knows that. Clean up. Clean up. <laughs> oh my God, that song. <laughs> so we'll sing the cleanup song and we're going to clean up. And he absolutely refused. He said, no, why don't you do it by yourself? And I said, no, if I'm going to do it by myself, I'm going to do it the way. I'm going to do it, which means I'm going to take all your toys away. And he said, go for it. <laughs> and I picked up the bag. I said, you sure? I'm going to take all these. If you don't want your toys, the toys are going to go away. He's like, okay. So I proceeded, take all his toys, put it in the bag. And I said, since you don't want the toys, I actually did. He didn't realize I had two bags. I wasn't going to give all the toys away. But I said, okay, so since you said you don't want your toys, let's go. We're going to go give them away. And there's a place close to us. And we went there and he, he did not say anything. And he said, okay. And so he has been my difficult child. Well, he's my only child, but the difficult in terms of discipline, because he would just stand in front of you and like, go for it. And I had no way of taking anything away or doing anything. And to be honest, at some point I stopped with like, I, made sure that if I was going to discipline, it had to be really be for a good reason and not to be something that I get egg on my face anymore, sort of. So, and as a older kid now, since he's into electronics more, that's been my to go that I'm going to take electronics away. And that, you know, yeah, no, something. Sometimes it works, sometimes, most times it works, that one. But um, so what has your experiences been like? 
Elle, you want to? <laughs> sure. Since I have the the 19 year old who technically can't be disciplined. Exactly. He, when can't he, was be, he can be incentivized and motivated. Trust me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> incentivized and motivated. That's that's the word. And frankly, I think I I had most of his childhood to practice that. He's not unlike Ilya, where he Zane is obedient in his desire to please and he kind of wants to go with the flow because he doesn't like a lot of chaos but he's also willful which he honestly gets from me and so we're people that just if we believe in something and are convicted we relentlessly stand and i felt like that was an important quality so i was always walking this line of not wanting to break his spirit or take that quality away from him because I felt like in the right context, it would serve him. Usually when I chose to discipline, it was because I felt like he was on a spiral and it's like, just stop the spiral. It usually, I found myself doing better being short-sighted because I knew that his nature was generally good. And if he was acting out in a way that I felt was unacceptable, and to me, unacceptable is you can feel any way you want, but you can't be a jerk. And verbatim, that's often what I would say. Like every emotion, thought, and experience is welcome here. But at the point that everybody's uncomfortable, that people are being offended, if you're kicking something or throwing something, or like that was my boundary um, with him. And so I often just found myself um, doing whatever I had to do to stop the spiral, which for us, because my particular child only gets to this level if his feelings are hurt. He's not going to rise to that space unless there's true like heartache level, frustration, disappointment. And when he does that, we have to separate. So in my home, it's usually you got to go to different rooms. This just has to stop. I don't I never consider myself to have strong skills to walk out of something like that. I'm pretty good at preventing it. But with my child in particular, once we get to about seven, he's going for 10. <laughs> like, that's it. And so it would be different rooms. When he was little, though, he only had a few temper tantrums, but still a similar sort of space. I've actually put him in the garage. Like, he would just be clowning, like three to five. And I would move him room to room closer to the door letting him know that you can't be inside this house behaving in that manner. Even as a small child, that was my expectation. And sometimes his butt ended up in the garage, like not around gasoline and kerosene, but like, <laughs> you know, we had like a little one and a half car garage and he might even end up in the Volvo, but it was just like, I wanted him to understand that as a family, that's a privilege and you have to be responsible and treat that with care. And I had people who didn't agree with that sort of discipline, but I wasn't hitting him. And I was stopping the spiral and I was clarifying to him what the expectations were as a part of our family. I love what yeah. you just said too about the, um, you knew that he was getting, you know, emotional about something and that you yeah. could tell that that was going to, to get worse and spiral, like you said. Um, and I, I think I it's easy to note that in a younger kid. And now that my son's 17, I'm forgetting that piece of it. And you just reminded me. So thank you. Which is like, he's, he may be glaring at me right now and not opening his mouth, but, but that's going on still inside him, that little kid piece of it almost. Um, 
So thank you for sharing that. I gotta, and we're, we're arguing a little bit on, on a lot right now. So, <laughs> um, our discipline has always been, it, again, it sounds similar. You know, he, um, really didn't seem bothered by a lot that you would try to discipline around. Um, and so we did, we did everything all the parenting books said, the timeouts mm -hmm. and the toy takeaway and all the rest of it. And it was just finding something that was meaningful to him. Um, and then that has varied over time and it could have been time with his dad, time with me, um, but not in a, a way that is, I don't know what the right word is, not in a way that's like hugely punishing, but it's like to be um, with, you know, your dad or I, you need to not be engaging in this behavior. So we're going to remove ourselves from the equation, that kind of thing when he's younger. Um, I think when they're older, the discipline is just really tough. And so now we're in this natural consequences place. So yeah. what are the natural consequences of that? Whether that is in the home and you know what, I'm not going to talk to you when you're in that mood. So I'm peacing out. Um, or I, he might emotionally, I might get emotionally hijacked by the situation. I find myself kind of amped up. And then when we talk about it later, cause we always debrief, it's like, I, I'm sorry for what I did. I should have walked into another room like you were talking about Elle and, and being smart about that. So I feel a little rambly at the moment. Apologies, but no, no, that's perfect. Right actually. Um, I, my situation very similar. I've been changing my tactics. So I did used to sort of, you're right. Give myself a timeout. It was, at some point it was both of us needed to time out like you go to your room i'm gonna go to my room cool down or i had my space he had his space but again for him specifically because there were so many outside stuff that was happening to him that that mm, feelings of not being loved accepted whatever there, there was a lot of emotions that they were also becoming more explosive emotions. And during those times, I noticed he doesn't want to be left alone and he can't, he, he doesn't want to be in his room alone and he doesn't want to be left alone either. So a lot of times, and each time would be different way that I needed to handle. Like, it's like, okay, what are we dealing? It's like, what am, which, which version am I playing with here? And there were times that, okay, the timeout worked that we both said, hey, we need a timeout. Or I said, okay, right now you're in this place. I cannot be with you. Um, one of the other things that I would do is close my eyes so that I said, okay, I need to close my eyes right now. I'm listening to you, but if I see what you're doing, I'm going to react to it. And I know myself, if I react to, it, to this, it's not going to go well. So we had talked about this, that if I'm closing my eyes, it means that I cannot see like all that's happening, all this explosion happening in front of me. Um, and then sometimes that. to be honest too, that he was in such a difficult place that all that stuff needed to come out. And I knew it would be useless for me to do anything. It's just like, let's write it, let it happen. And then the debrief, like after the storm has ended, then the calm has come. It's like, okay, you cannot do this. This is not appropriate. This is not appropriate. And um, 
we need to talk about these things so it doesn't happen. How do we prevent this for you to get this high so fast? And it's taken us many years and, you know, to be honest, we've had destruction in the house too, but um, now looking back at it, all of it was necessary because each phase, I saw him like in those things, it wasn't that he was being a bad kid. It wasn't that he was trying to be disrespectful or hurtful, anything like that. It was just, there's a lot and I just don't know how to do this. And, uh, and he would just like throw it all out. And at the end it was like, okay, can you just come hug me now? And all he wanted is like, okay, just don't talk, no more talking. I just want to be held and hugged. And then, you know, the next day we would go through everything. And now, luckily, we, we're not, we don't have those big explosions. Probably the first year, to be honest, <laughs> if I'm being truthful uh, in a long time. But um, now we can communicate better. Now it's more like a teenage stuff that, we talk about it and that's okay you know you do we have set rules you do this 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 xbox gets taken away um but I, I i had to play that um i couldn't discipline him all the time and as he was doing that stuff so either close my eyes or separate and sometimes like i said he's like no you cannot leave i i i need somebody physically here i cannot be alone right now so I really like the closing the eyes. I wish I'd had that. I'm a very visual person and I wish I'd had that because even like looking sometimes at their face, oh. it will just make you so mad because they are making the wrong faces. It is the wrong reaction. And that just, as, as I say, burns my draws. Yes. Like that is one that would just get me fired up it's like and I, if i could just close my eyes i bet i could it's just it's so funny it's something small but it's so impactful especially if like you i'm visual too and i it's like okay if i don't see it and i would tell it if i'm not seeing if my eyes are closed i have an easier time staying in me yeah rather than reacting to this explosion that's happening right now and all these things is you know you're saying and you're doing i just can stay in me better and Good. it keeps both of us safe it's i love it. that i do too i need to do it at work too <laughs> in the <car. laughs> i can put that a couple places in my yeah, yeah. in the line at the store yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. That like could be very handy. Yeah. I tell couples this too, that if you're talking to your partner and you're getting into a match that it's like, you know, you did this, you did that, close your eyes. And if you, you're going to have an easier time because also the other thing that happens, you listen better. Yeah, sure. Sort of like you pick up on those things and you can stay inside and you're not reacting to everything. Yep. Like that. Question for you both. You're going to be thinking, how are your disciplining styles different than how you grew up? Or are they? Um, 
for me, honestly, I always say I grew up like a weed, meaning mm -hmm. that um, there was nobody really disciplining me. And also, I think I was so scared of, you know, not being good that I wasn't really doing anything wrong to get disciplined anyway. So I honestly grew up pretty much without any discipline because I didn't even do anything. Like I went, I went to bed on time. I did my school. I like, there was nothing for my parents to, and I wasn't like, my dad wasn't involved anyway. And we moved around. There was so much other stuff going on. Like, with the divorce, my mom, the, you know, revolution moving here. So there's so many other stuff going on that they, I didn't grow up with discipline. And I, I was the opposite. I grew up with extreme discipline. So physically, basically I was raised in an environment where anything that, that brought a child into compliance was considered okay. So it was at times and completely inappropriate, absolutely abusive. The corporal punishment went on way too long and it was way too aggressive. Um, I would say the way I was raised, the discipline was probably 70% a fail because what it actually evoked in me was I'm not a fighter by nature, like putting hands on people is like the last thing I would do just in my nature, but it made me like belligerent. So I was definitely one of those kind of case studies where the more people were putting their hands on me or um, I grew up with this term, I'll break you. Mm -hmm. They talked about children like horses and it was an accurate reflection of how the punishment was. It was always meant to bring the child into compliance and to reduce the adult's discomfort. Mm -hmm. There was no particular tactic where it was training or guiding or implemented with like a long-term outcome. So what it made me was pretty combative. And I'll tell you what I learned and everybody listening and watching, I would encourage you to take this in for what it's worth. If you put your hands on a child and your primary form of discipline is combating them, what happens when they get bigger, faster, or smarter than you? It's actually dangerous you are raising like a little warrior. And when they're not little anymore, you have a problem now. And that's really what I took from my experience was you may have gotten me to comply. And if that was valuable to my family, which I think it was, that's fine. But when I got bigger and faster than my mother, not good. And then I had to decide to about 15, 16, who I was going to be because I was then physically able to combat her. And she would go to fisticuffs with me, especially being a police officer. She was trained in all these techniques, but she also got older. So I was, I had to decide, am I going to be the kind of person who puts hands on their parents because they can, because hands were put on me? Or am I going to be a different type of person? And I chose to be a different person. And then I chose to be a different kind of parent. Does that mean that some children don't need to be snatched up? They might, especially if that spiral is dangerous. So I don't necessarily have a thought that like, you know, you do what you have to do and each parent has to figure that out. 
But what I did with my son, knowing that I was a solo parent of a, a male child, from tiny, I bore in mind when I was disciplining him. If he repeats this in a decade or 15 years, will it make sense in our relationship? And if it wouldn't make sense then, then that's not going to be my method, you know, with him as he's young, because he's learning now what you do in conflict. So that was very guiding for me. And I, I definitely have talked to a lot of friends with this sort of, you know, it may work when they're three, but be careful. That is, I love that too. Like, where were you when Nicholas was like three? <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I mean, it is, you, you parent the age versus thinking about what that journey and that continuum is going to be. And I think what you're saying is really powerful. Um, and remembering what they're going to be like. And it's interesting too, because I, on the discipline front, I had a firm um, hand discipline hand um, that involves sometimes corporal punishment as well as just emotional, all the rest of it. So I went the opposite way, which was, okay, we're just not going to be confrontational at all until I really get over that line. And then it was going to how, you know, the, kind of that raging thing. Um, and so I've had to really work on that too, to be honest. And, and, and like was never modeled about how to handle all the emotions that are in you. We just repressed them because you were afraid. So how, how then do you take that experience, try to translate it into being, you know, a good, decent parent yourself and parenting in a way that makes, that changes the dynamic, the culture, the history that you grow up with. And that goes back to what we've been talking about past episodes is that the generational trauma that's been passed down. Yeah. Uh, like for me, it wasn't discipline. They weren't disciplining but there were so many other things that was happening mm -hmm. that dad didn't let me wanna engage or do anything that I knew it was gonna upset anybody in, to begin with. Um, and, you know, again, from my perspective, I've seen like, you can even have that best intention of trying not to discipline the same way or not discipline and still, you know, they're going to have whatever it is that they're going to have. Like I, again, with Illy, I'm like, where it's constantly like, where is this coming from? And uh, he, he gets it from maybe that side when he might get it society. He's there's things that he came his own person yeah. And um, the other question I have for you guys, this is something that I'm always trying to balance out. First of all, I try to make sure he knows it's not punishment. I never liked that word punishment. Like it, even when he would say, you know, I'm being punished, like it's not a punishment. I, I have to have certain rules for this house. And if these rules, you know, we agree on it, we talk about it. And when both of us agree after that point, whoever breaks this, there has to be a consequence to that. And those consequences we've agreed to. So I'm not punishing you that you've, you're bad or done something bad. It's just an agreement that we had, didn't happen. Now what's the consequence? But even that sometimes, you know, I look at it and I'm like, 
yes, I want to, I go through with it, but sometimes I'm like, is that even really necessary sometimes? Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, there are certain areas I'm still playing with is like, you know, where is it? Because most of the time that we're trying to even discipline, we're trying to control the situation, in my opinion. We're trying to control them, control the situation, make them do something. And then that goes against the idea of like, I want you to have your freedom, freedom of choice as well. Mm -hmm. So how do you have that balance? How do you get that balance? I can say I struggled with this, especially when Zane got into his later teens, because I felt like definitely I wanted to move away from this space where it was like trying to control the behavior because they get to a point where they need to be intrinsically motivated anyway. So it's like you kind of have to, I felt like I had to permit, a, I had to permit more, allow more so that he could experiment with like the natural consequences, like you were saying, Hillary, because me just riding him was not, it didn't feel like it was the appropriate motivation any longer. But one of the things I started shifting with, and it's kind of one of those, if I had known sooner sort of things, I realized the conversation needed to not just be about, this is what we are as a family. These are the rules of the house. I am a human being, damn it. I shifted into that space a little late. And so one of the things I realized, he was treating me not like a person. And so when I stepped back, so I, was, I would actually have to say, especially like that 18-year-old space, this is not your mother talking. This is a grown woman who's paying this house note, who is worthy of decency and respect, and I won't abide it not from you or anyone else. Your role as my child does not trump my humanity. Like I had to really take it there because it felt like me just being his mom wasn't enough. And it was like without his ability to see me as a whole human being, just like him, he wasn't going to get it because they know our love mm -hmm. is unconditional. We're here. Yeah. And that unconditional love almost works against us a little bit sometimes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love what you just said. You're right. Um, I've, I've lately, and I may have said this before, I've lately taken to saying to him, like, I love you, but I don't have to like you. And right now I am not liking this behavior. And it's not how I would want. And I have said that I would would not tolerate it from a friend, from a partner, from yeah. whatever. Yeah. So I love you bringing, bringing that up. And I don't want him to think my love is conditional. And so that commentary has to be pretty, it's a line. Yeah. But it's like, if I, if I wouldn't accept this off, off of anyone else, I should be bare minimum able to get a little bit better from you as a person. And that tends to motivate my child a little bit more. But then sometimes, and this is coming for you guys, when they start adulting and the natural separation happens, some of his greatest pain is me having to say to him, I'm not responsible for how you feel or how you respond. Yeah. And when I say it, sometimes I want to cry because that look in his face of, but you're my mom. But now you, you know, you're a big guy now. You're, you're an adult yourself. And so some of our struggle has been the balance between 
what I am responsible for now in terms of his experience and feelings and what he is solely responsible for. And so that's why that conversation of I'm a person and it he kind of doesn't like it. It's hard. It's hard to hear that this is going to have to be different and you're going to have to like kind of stand up on your own and gird your own loin a little bit. It's hard. Yeah. We started actually that conversation this year. Now that I saw like he is in a, yeah better place emotionally and more stable um i i say that all the time i'm a human being i'm not super mom as much as you like to believe i'm super mom i like to believe i'm super mom i think but you're super I'm, mom. A, but <laughs> I'm human i think you're I both super mom human. so and as a human i get tired and when i'm tired i cannot deal with all of that so understand that when i tell you i'm tired it means i'm tired and i cannot handle those things there are a lot of things that you can handle by yourself right now and you don't need me to be there all the time for everything so we've, we've started having that conversation good for you for starting early <laughs> I I and it was because i remember my son i think he was around 17. and i think it was about 17. he actually said to me do you realize, mom, that I don't, I, he said, I rarely see you sleep. He said, you're up before me and you're down after me. He said, the only time I see you sleep is when you fall asleep. Yeah. And it was that, <laughs> but that was like egg on my face because he's saying like, you're telling me to stop yeah. acting like you're super mom, but you're acting like super mom. Yeah. Yeah. But he, that was his way of communicating that I wasn't letting him see me as a person. So it was like, hey, lady, I, I'll get with the program, but you got to change the role, too. Yeah, yeah. Good for him for saying it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's one of my favorite things about him is he has a, a, a he's very astute and he can communicate things respectfully, even for his age, that can be very meaningful um, in my own growth. I Go love ahead. that. Question now, another one. So speaking of the holidays, how do you guys manage the holidays? And because I think that's um, that's a place of trigger for everybody because we get into family situations that um, everybody comes together and everybody's triggering each other, the past stuff. And so it, it's it's like this most of the time for everybody. Some can manage it, some cannot. But what do you do when you're in that situation? You're being triggered. Your kid is being triggered. I know that has happened for us that, you know, um, I see Ilya's being triggered and I know where that's headed to and I'm trying to stop it. So how does that all work out for you guys? How, is there any good advice, anything you've tried to do for yourselves, for your child to make it a little bit smoother and easier during the holiday time. What about you, Elle? As I like slowly go into the dark here. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things um, that was very palpable for me since my child was young, I knew I was doing things differently than like his father's family and then the family that I was raised in. And I was very aware of these choices. Um, one of the challenges in both families actually is there very poor boundaries. 
people have, I would say the majority of folks had a very blurry sense of where their opinions and beliefs begin and other people's end and vice versa. So one of the things I used to reiterate to my son around this time was, this is what we do. If anything transpires that is counter to that, you let me handle it. Hmm. And I was very adamant about that because adults in their efforts to have best interests at heart um, or adults thinking I was just helping. A lot of times they will take advantage of the child's position as child Mm -hmm. unknowingly too. Like a lot of times I don't think people were being malicious, but if they stepped back, a lot of times they're not going to come to me. They get the child in a room when they're playing with the other kids or, you know, and so to, to keep my son from having to defend the choices I make as a parent, that was my rule was anything counter to what it is we do. Just get your mom. No big deal. No shade. Like I just wanted him to not have to be upset at all these other dynamics. They're really big people dynamics, but people will drag children into them. To me, that was the rule. That was the top most important thing. And then anything under that, you know, it, it seemed to at least remove him from taking responsibility for adults. That was so important to me. That's, That's great because you're giving him a boundary without actually, is you know, saying that here's your boundary. So it's, you don't have to answer to them. You don't yeah. have to fight with them. You don't have to be confused. Yeah. Just know that that's above your pay grade and mom's got you. Yeah. How about you, Hillary? For us, it, it ended up just being um, time limitation. So okay. what, you know, rather than this fantasy of we're all going to get along together in the same house for 10 days. Let's just be realistic about this. And I think everyone finally learned to come to terms with that or, you know, Hey, we're going to stay in a hotel versus at the house. And some of that was just helpful. Um, certain topics became, let's just not bring up X, Y, and Z. <laughs> and if it comes up, let's just nod, you know, whether it was my son or at the time, you know, his dad, let's just nod and okay. Uh, you know, we don't need to respond. So that, that helped a little bit. Maybe avoidance. I don't know. <laughs> no, but I mean, during that time, it's a piece. Um, we we have a similar approach to you, Hillary. We, we're we're um, limited the time so that we don't, we know what is manageable for us mm-hmm. and we keep it within that time. And to be honest, if we're both like not into it at all, like we've been too tired, we've been running around and we just say, okay, we're not going to meet you guys, or maybe we're going to do it tomorrow when the craziness is all done. And um, one other thing I know for Ilya growing up when he was little, um, I did feel like there were times I would run interference for him where I knew they were they're saying things that it's going to get him to a certain place that it's not going to be a good place for any of us, uh, you know, so I would run interference. I'm like, okay, he does it a little different. Can we just let him do it his way right now and give him space? Um, and then now that he's grown up, uh, he just, he's learned actually how to uh, change the situation. So like if he sees like they're taking it somewhere else, he'll just take his like, Oh, let's go do this now. Like he'll just take everybody. 
we're not going to do that anymore. I see like how this is going to impact like my grandmother. Let's just take it, everybody. Let's go do this now. We're, and he stops it. And then at a certain point, he just says, okay, now I need to go to my room. I'm tired. Or he just gets himself out of the situation and does something else. So he's been able to manage that. That's awesome. That's yeah. so beautiful that yeah. he, at that age, has that ability to redirect, which is what you do with three-year-olds, right? <laughs> like, he's mastered it. But yep. Miller, I like what you said about the fantasy, we're all going to get along. No, like, I think that that needs to be highlighted because I think we get so attached to how it should be. Yeah. That, to me, is the fantasy. And so it's like, you know, this is the year that everybody's going to do what they should do. And it keeps you kind of delusional. And so I love that you said that. Like it for some people in some dynamics, that's just a fantasy. And I love you just yeah. being like, okay, this is what it is, and this is how long we got. <laughs> exactly. I love you. I and... love that. <laughs> it's like I love you, and we're not gonna do that. <laughs> we're gonna stay in our sanity to this year. Right. It helps. It helps. See, where I were know. you guys like 15 years ago? <laughs> I needed that. Ooh, I was up in there dying like water. Oh, <laughs> this is a. I know for us, it's a very recent. It's like past, I don't know, two three years that I implemented this. Before that, we were doing it, and it was like, okay, this is not working out. And I had a conversation with my sister this year. I said, you know, this is working out for everybody. We're, you know. We're happier this way. Everybody gets along better. It just works for everyone. It's so smart. And I, I like, too, that you two are affirming to other parents. This is a valid, reasonable option. I love that. It is. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm back at you and all of it. I um, These, these calls or, or podcasts just make me, I just learn a lot from you both and from whoever's on here. So thank you. It's good. And we're all here to learn and hopefully us chit-chatting together, having fun. Everybody gets a little bit something. That's the main point here. Thank you, ladies. Everybody have a great holiday. Thank you for joining us. And I hope you, like we said, you get something. Each person gets a little something out of these uh, podcasts, these shows. Thank you, everybody. Stay sane. Bye. Bye.